So here are Nazi policies towards the workers. So first, let's take a look at the German labor front or the DAF. It managed to build up an enormous business empire with banks, housing associations, construction companies, Volkswagen plant, travel agencies, and had um, by 1939, 44,500 paid employees. 44,000, which is quite a bit, you ask me. Um, by 1936, it did offer vocational training courses, which aimed to uh, give workers essential skills. And they did manage to have 2.5 million workers participating in these programs. So again, not too bad. And uh, by 1936, the average wage of a worker was uh, 35 marks per week, which was 10 times as much as 6 million people had received in 1932. So from 1932 to 1936, it had improved 10 times in only four years, which is a lot. I mean, that was the positive side of things, and there was a few negative things. I mean, it was established in May of 1933 during the legal revolution. So, um, a, a year before Hitler had, a year before Hitler uh, became champs, um, became pure, and uh, a few months after he became chancellor. And it was under the leadership of Robert Ley, and it banned all trade unions under and associate and put them together under the DAF, uh, controlled by the Third Reich. Which, I mean, <laughs> Nazis were like, oh yeah, we can group all trade unions under one. So we can help you better, we can hear you speak. But no, it wasn't like that. They just had them in one place so they could control them so much easier. Uh, it did have its own propaganda wing. So it was not just trade unions like helping people, no, no, it had propaganda to make it seem that people hard work and the difficult conditions, they would be rewarded eventually. It, it was not nothing, but the reward was knowing they were serving the fatherland. I mean, the German people just wanted money to buy food, but they were serving the fatherland. According to the propaganda they put the ministry put forward. So it did replace trade unions, as I said, but it did not function as a trade union. It did not let um, the workers argue for wages or better working conditions. It just was there to help um, group the, the workers as one association. It also included the Reich Labor Service, which in 1920, you know, 1935 uh, made all men between 19 and 25 to complete six service, like six six months national service, which meant agricultural labor, public works which was far from home and had very little pay. So, so you were aged 19 to 25, you had to do the right labor service or conscription. Because conscription was also introduced in 1935. So if you were a young person in Nazi Germany, especially at the beginning, that was not a good time to be alive. And the, the members in the DAF included uh, employees and employers but was also more towards pushing towards the side of uh, industrialists and businesses rather than the workers. So it was it did sell itself as oh we're gonna help the workers, but it was more um, right wing because it did help the the bigger um, richer people than the average working class person. It did like it did function as the only recognized body representing the workers 
and it wasn't compulsory to join at first, I don't think, but then, I mean, workers had to associate somehow, you know, so they, um, they were, by 1939, there were 35 million people under the TAF. So it was pretty successful. And it did have two main aims, which was to increase production and incorporate the workers into Volkswagen. And it was generally successful for the Nazis. For the workers, it wasn't, but for the Nazis, it was. And then, that was the German Labour Front. Then we have the strength to join the KDF. That was inside the DAF. So there were two organizations inside the DAF, the strength to join and the beauty of work. So now we're going to look at the strength to join. It was, again, like I said, an arm of the DAF to help workers gain strength for their work and experiencing joy. So if you think about it, it's like having vacation days and having a bit of leisure time so workers are happy and they like where they work, so they work harder because, you know, it's a cycle. You, you work, but then you're happy with it and they treat you well. So then you continue working and you keep on working and serving the, the work. It organized subsidized holidays with, in, like cruises to Finland, Norway, Bulgaria, Turkey, Libya, <laughs> quite a few. And, and um, sporting activities with hikes and Trips to the opera, theater, and cinema, of course. And again, to this later, but all these trips were propaganda, basically. I mean, nothing in Nazi Germany wasn't propaganda. It did um, encourage people to think of Germany as a one class uh, country rather than a socially divided class. That one class being obviously the Aryan race, <laughs> nothing else. So if you were Aryan, you were part of this one amazing class. If you were not Aryan, you were not even German. You were just pushed aside. The cruises were also to display the advanced German technology um, and show that they were superior. So if you were a citizen of Norway or Finland and you saw this cruise, which was uh, with amazing technology, with German people having fun, drinking, partying, you were like, wow, I know it's Nazi Germany because it has a flag. I want that. So maybe get Aryans to either support the Reich, even maybe move. And they had gyms, they had swimming pools, they had here inside the own cruise ship, which I mean, it sounds good. I like to compare this, not really, if you don't, like, for me to my word, but you know those Disney cruise ships? It had like swimming pools and like little cinemas for little kids. So basically that, but the Nazi version of it. So instead of the Mickey Mouse flag, it's just the swastika. And instead of the fun like people dressed in Disney costumes, you have SS members. But it was, you can think about a Disney cruise of Nazi Germany. Not Disney, but obviously. And it did offer like the, um, the strength to joy, did offer opportunities that had not been there for workers before 1933 and by 19 so they were very popular and by 1938 2 million people went on organized hikes 7.5 million people went to the theater 8 million took holidays and 22 million took part in sports which i mean by 1938 
the international situation was really tense. We thought by 1938, it was the invasion of Czechoslovakia, the Austrian Anschluss, Sudetenland. Uh, but the German people were thriving, apparently. Now I'm going to get to the negative part. That was the positive part. But like, right now, it does sound like an amazing program, right? Like paid holidays, cruise ships, sports, hikes, theater. No, not, 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 nothing bad there, right? Well, it was a way of controlling the free time of workers. So if you, as the GAF, organized cruise ships, organized uh, hikes, you knew where the workers were. They, they would be having fun in your, in your um, organized cruises rather than joining communist um, organizations. So you, you knew where the workers were. You knew what they were doing. So you could keep tabs on them and they are free of it. So you would be at work when you were you wouldn't work. So you had your working hours and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna take a vacation through the KDF. So you would still be technically at work, but you wouldn't be having free time. So it was just, you couldn't have private lives. You were, they, were, they didn't force you to join the KDF, but it did look so good. Many people joined, like 22 million took part in, in sports and 8 million took KDF holidays. These people, they weren't at home developing their own ideas. They were surrounded by Nazism, even when they were having fun. It was, the KDF was basically a whole propaganda thing, which I think Robert Lay, genius, Bevel's genius, Taylor genius, you, you can't deny these people were really, really clever, really good at what they did. Also, the cruise ships, they sound amazing, right? Oh, well, they were really expensive. Only 10% of passengers came from the working class. They did sell it as in, oh, you're gonna, everyone can join, you're gonna have a lot of fun, but that's if you can afford a ticket. By 1938, just 131,000 people went on a cruise and the best cabins were reserved for party officials and civil servants. So I'd kind of compare this to the Titanic. I mean, the Titanic was obviously many years before the third drag, it was 20 years. Um, but it's, it's also it's like the first transatlantic cruise where you could, everyone could join, but the, it was really expensive. A lot of like, which people managed to get in, very few working class people, but also obviously the best was just for the high classes, which is, I mean, it's not what they promised. You promised like every, everyone would be able to join, but they obviously couldn't. So, hypocrisy <laughs> much? And the life on the cruise ships, it wasn't a, like, I compared it to Disney cruise before, it wasn't such a fun, okay, let's have fun at Disney. No. So you had to follow, it was just casual, you had to dress modestly. You couldn't dress like I'm dressing like with a hoodie. No, no, no. You had to dress in uh, casual smart clothes and have your hair done. You couldn't be just get out of bed and go into the boot. No, no. You had to be smart. And you couldn't drink too much. You couldn't party. You could drink enough, but you couldn't get um, drunk. And you couldn't have romances on the, on the ships. You had to maintain basically a very fancy lifestyle, drink like your cup of wine and flirt but not have any romances. And the SS and the Gestapo were on the boats, so you were on the pool. Instead of having a lifeguard, it was a 
a man in the black uniform, black Hugo Boss uniform, with the gun. And you had that guy. Then you also had in the, like right next to you, this normal looking person, which in fact was a Gestapo member. So you can really relax because you know they were watching you the entire time. So the cruise ships, they look really good. I mean, like I said before, um, like 8 million people went on Wikipedia holidays. So they were popular, but you didn't have that much time. You can you can relax. It wasn't it wasn't really a Disney cruise. They did send it like it was like a Disney cruise. But you know, it wasn't that that amazing. It did try to bring people from Germany under a national identity rather than a local one. So even if you were from Berlin or you were from uh, Munich or Badenburg or whatever, you were German. So you had fun along with other Germans. You weren't restricted to having fun with people from your community. So you got to learn and discover the many, the many different cultures. I mean, no, but you know what I mean. It wasn't many cultures. You could experience in many different ways every time between the Aryan culture, which was, oh my God, Aryans are the best. You have to praise Hitler. Hitler is amazing. Um, all hail, all hail Hitler. The Hitler, you know, no, nothing else. And it, it was responsible for Volkswagen um, saving schemes. So they saw that, oh my God, you can have Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, you could just save five marks a week, put it in this bank account. We're gonna set up for you, and and in a few years time, you could you, you can have your own Volkswagen. And you know, people in Nazi Germany were like, I can have my own car, and you just have to put aside five marks a week, considering the wage set up by the DIF, as I said before, was thirty-five marks a week. So that was just you could still have thirty marks a week to spend for food. And, they're gonna invest, right? Well, they did invest the five marks a week. I don't have the exact numbers, but a lot of people did. And turns out, by 1939, a little thing called the Second World War broke out. So those factories that were were going to produce armaments, were going to produce cars, started producing armaments. So <laughs> cars stopped being produced. Those people who had invested that money just lost it. And they did use that money for armaments, but they didn't use it to give the, those people cars. They basically got, got scammed quite a lot. It was a huge scam. That's a German was a huge scam. I mean, with the privilege of looking back at it, you can realize it. And you know, it's hard to say if we were in Nazi Germany right now, we would know what was going on. Because again, we we can look back on it and see the the good things, the bad things. You can assess it, but I mean, it, <laughs> it was just a propaganda. It wasn't even that. Now okay, they just kept on lying to the people. So yeah, and the next one was the Beauty of Work or the SDA. So there's a lot of letters. So remember, German Labour Front, GAF, Right Labour Service, RAD. Uh, strength through joy, KDF, and beauty of work, SDA. Those are the Nazi policies towards the workers. So, the beauty of work. It aimed to improve working conditions and have canteens and sporting grounds on factory sites. So you're thinking like, oh wow, the Nazis really care about this. They really want to improve our working conditions. 
know. It was just my delight. Um, so you were like, you could go to the to your official and be like, hey, I want um a better a uh, better canteen. I want air conditioning. And the official will be like, of course, we're gonna give you air conditioning. You had to pay for the air conditioning. You had to set up the 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 air conditioning. You had to, if you wanted the factory painted, you had to buy the paint. You had to um, paint the actual factory. So they would be like, oh yes, we're going to let you install all this new equipment, improve your working conditions. We're going to let you. you. You're going to have to pay for it yourself. You're going to have to do it yourself. But we're going to let you. So really, the beauty of work, yeah, all propaganda. You didn't, you just, you didn't get your, work, your working conditions improved, but you had to make them yourself. You were just giving the permit to do so. Which, I mean, if you're asking me, you could just do it yourself without the permit. Like, what are you gonna do? Criticize you for painting the factory walls instead of black gray? Are they gonna create a concentration camp for that? No. But you had to ask permission for it. Then you had to buy everything yourself. It was put in place to improve the workers', the workers condition, but if you really think about it, it was to improve the health of the Aryan class. So, again, propaganda. And according to Nazi figures by 1938, Nazi figures, so who knows if they're, you know, they really um, blew up figures. And were, so 34,000 companies had improved working condition. Who knows if that was a real figure, maybe it was so much less. Maybe it was more, but I seriously doubt it was more. I'd say not, the official figure is 34,000, but you know, it wasn't that. And the cost was 900 million right marks for those 34,000. So my theory is it was so much less. It was instead of 34,000, say 20,000. And instead of 900 million right marks, it was what, like, 3, million, 3 billion. Who knows? There was oh, a bunch of lies and propaganda. So that was not policy towards the workers. So um, it was basically a way of controlling the workers and putting them under Volksgemeinschaft. Think about it. The AF was to control the workers. The KDF was to keep the Aryans happy. Only the Aryans, not others. If you think about it, the cruise ships, they would not let a Jew go in there. They would not let a black person go in there. They, they would just not let them. And then the strength of joy, the SDA, it was to keep the Aryans healthy. And it was, I'd say, the way they managed to like, use policy towards the workers for Volksmeisterschaft, it was generally successful for the Nazis. Not for the workers, for the workers it wasn't a good policy, but for the Nazis it was. So yeah, thank you for watching and I hope it was useful.